Hello, this is the house on Valencia Street, and I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics of conversation will include ghosts and the paranormal and psychic ability. We also discuss truth here, and I am an incest and rape survivor, and sometimes I discuss that here on the podcast. Let's see what else. Domestic violence, femicide, suicide, being beaten to the hospital sometimes and surviving, classism or socioeconomic demographic bias, uh, which kept my mom kind of suffering for years, trying to get away from uh, Howard. He was a supervisor at the post office, yeah. (sighs) And uh, she had to move out of state to get away from that particular guy in Walla Walla. Um, Although during that kind of make or break, because it takes years sometimes to get away from these situations uh, by design, they they don't want people getting out of these situations. We lived at a place, a rental, that was a house on Valencia Street in Walla Walla. And that house was quite, quite haunted. The rent was very, very cheap. And um, there was a railroad track in our backyard and, you know, Within 50 feet of our back window, there was a train going by daily at the time. Several strange things happened at that location, including our neighbor doing a murder-suicide. And then after they cleaned him up, years later, I ended up uh, babysitting in his house. And in our house, there seemed to be a couple of ghost activities going on. At least three or four daughters saw them in the house. And... I'm 50 and I've got sisters in my 60s and we're still talking about this house, but we don't talk to each other. I let one sister talk to me, uh, but the other ones, uh, how does one say, uh, I don't like how they treat me and that's enough. So I don't talk to those people. It existed. uh, It still exists. I've actually had a couple of, uh, how does one say, through deep prayer and meditation over the past month, I've become aware of something new at the house. And either I'll talk about it later at the end of this podcast, or I'll talk about it next podcast or two. I keyed in on that location and I, I found a couple new pieces of information potentially. So uh, but let's get through the preamble here. Things we discuss here, femicide, suicide, murder, race, gender, socioeconomic, demographic bias, therapy, recovery, willful education, uh, licensed therapy, board certification with licensed therapy, using your discernment, yeah, willful education, uh, kink, BDSM, uh, consent, Oh, agnosticism, atheism, Buddhism, like myself, uh, Christianity, uh, LGBTQIA, those type of things. And let's see what else. Uh, So male, female, non-binary, there's all kinds of flavors. Uh, Oh, asexuality, I'm exploring that a bit. Okay, I think that's a good uh, coming on in the door here. Let's see. Uh, If you'd like to listen to more of the podcast, there's a website called anchor.fm forward slash MoMA, M-O-H-M-A-H. You can go listen to the podcast, download there, look at the notes, donate or subscribe. That'd be fantastic. And uh, lets me know what's going on and how people are perceiving me out there. 
although I'm not working his inventory. I'm just, I've also seen Mary Pearl. She's an Al-Anon uh, mentor who has a book that she's published. And so I, I'm kind of curious how they would navigate um, because you're not supposed to uh, endorse or sell off of 12 step. So uh, anyway, uh, I, again, I'm just paused because I'm like, I'm not quite sure how you'd manage that legally or with trademarking and stuff like that. That being the case, um, Mark Marin does talk about being an AA and 12 stepper and how he's agnostic or atheist. And so he talks about being a 12 stepper and also uh, using the group as a, a supreme being or as a higher power. So that's one way to interpret 12 step in that particular way. There's lots of ways to adapt. Um, I find that Christian faith, there are parts that I do enjoy, although there's also a lot of race, gender, socioeconomic bias issue. So I have to kind of figure out what works for me and kind of do bite-sized chunks with that. Maybe that's your flavor as well. I like people consenting and choosing and pausing is okay and saying no is okay now and again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of a little bit tired and I'm pushing through anyway because I felt a lot of resistance the last couple of days. And it's interesting to watch that as contrast and go, oh, okay. You're kind of resisting. That's interesting. Okay. I think part of it is it's warm. It's like 85, well, somewhere between 82 to 83 degrees inside right now. And anytime it gets above 75, 77 degrees inside, I'm just like, I can breathe, I can eat, I can nap really good. But other than that, I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that we're recording today is a damn miracle. Woo! Blessed miracle. Woo! Okay. There's two main points I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, let's see, did I get through the preamble? I think so. Oh, well, the main goal here at the house on Valencia Street is to discuss my ancestors, people I love. Darlene, Darlene uh, Mavis, that would be my mama. And uh, then there's Mildred, uh, that would be my grandma on my mama's side. And uh, that was Delbert was my grandpa. He was struck by lightning, as was Charles, my great-grandpa. He was also struck by lightning. They were both subsistence farmers in Minnesota. I come from a long line of psychics, and I also come from a long line of people who were incested. And um, my mother helped to break that cycle, and I helped to break that cycle, and I'm grateful for that. And it's nice to take up space and not feel judged or shamed or like I got to hide anything. So this is a great place for that and also for acknowledging that ghosts exist and sometimes uh, it's traumatic to know that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to convince nobody. I could barely acknowledge it, you know, out loud and write it down. You know, it's like, I don't know that I want to talk about that because it's triggering. Yeah. So, but here we are. Uh, that's the attempt is, is being made here. So did I get through everything that needs to have? get my little boxes checked off for the preamble. I think so. Come on in. The, the weather's kind of muggy and warm, but we're still here, here in the Pacific Northwest, here at the house on Valencia Street. And I've been having good prayer and meditation with my ancestors, and um, there's going to be two topics. So we'll, we'll start with ice cream. We'll start with ice cream. When I graduated from college, my mother was recently married to, uh, have I named him? The good stepdad. 
the good stepdad. And they met in Arizona, which, by the way, Arizona has had over like 20 days of 110 degree weather. Uh, and that might be conservative. I, I know they're really struggling down there. Uh, in prayer and meditation a couple months ago, I was sitting there talking to him. I was praying and meditating as I do when I do my daily meditation. And part of it is I go through and I, uh, for about 20 minutes, the first thing I do when I get started the day, I talk to my ancestors and I see mom and then I see my stepdad and then I kind of go through about half a dozen people that I really love. And so uh, I talk to them every day and um, they have a bit of character and flavor, I guess we would say. A good stepdad. One of the best memories I have in the whole world is when I graduated from college. Um, the good stepdad came up to Oregon and with my mom, and they were at my college graduation. And I had a tassel that was a really pale color, and so I made it like a rainbow because I was LGBTQIA. And I was out, you know, in the 90s, and my mama accepted me as I was. And my stepdad did his best to accept me as he, as I was, although he had a buzz cut and he was a military guy. And, you know, he would try to get me to talk about, oh, when you're going to have some grandkids. That was the good stepdad. When you're going to have some grandkids. And I'd say, well, there's a black lesbian I'm thinking about having a hand fasting ceremony with. And we're thinking about adopting a couple kids. And he'd just go, oh, oh. And they change the subject. And I... <laughs> Anytime you talk about me having kids, I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, there's this, you know, I try to say something that because you had race, gender, socioeconomic bias issues. I say something like, you know, oh, well, there's a Native American person I'm seeing and, you know, they're differently abled and uh, we're going to go live in Mexico. And, you know, whatever, what, whatever his offense would be because he was conservative and judgmental sometimes. But he also was a good person, which is kind of confusing. He was a loving person, but he also was kind of racist sometimes. And I, I don't, it's kind of difficult to know how it is, how to say things. And I, I'm trying to say that with love because I got love from that person that I didn't get from anybody else, you know. So part of me values that. And um, the fact that I can acknowledge it tells you that I, um, I want to work out something, you know, I, I'm trying, I'm not comfortable with something. So, um, so we'll, we'll figure that out, but let's talk about the love right now. One of my best memories is me having, uh, graduating from college and, uh, here comes good stepdad and mom and they're visiting and they go to my college graduation and we ended up going to this chain restaurant that was like a sit down restaurant that everybody knows. And, uh, they were having some type of, uh, everything was in harvest. So strawberries were in harvest and they were huge. They were big, big, big strawberries. And they had the strawberry yogurt parfait. So you come in and, and get this huge strawberry sundae. And it was an undenny strawberry sundae parfait. And you could get refills. And in five days time, my stepdad, my mom, and myself went to this restaurant three times and got that parfait three times. And we ate like pig. Well, don't want to disparage pigs. But we ate strawberry sundaes for very long periods of time. And we laughed and joked and drank coffee, drank bad coffee, and it was a good time. So after prayer and meditation this week, I was doing something brand new. I'd had a bad experience getting grocery delivery recently in the past year or two. And I got double charged from a company that starts with the letter I. 
that's all I'll say about that. Then it turns out they've got the issues with double charging and uh, I'm not going to use them again. So I've been trying to find a competitor for that. I actually found someone that could do that. And with my social anxiety disorder, that's quite nice. So here we go. <clears throat> I get this delivery going on. So the good stepdad and Darlene and I kept going to this restaurant over three times to have these unending supplies of strawberry yogurt parfait that had these huge thumb size uh, strawberries that were in season and they were amazing. And we laughed and drank bad coffee and had a good time. This chain organization for grocery delivery and grocery store uh, has some pretty uh, cheap uh, ice cream. They've got some ice cream at store brand that's just like a buck fifty a pint, nothing nothing too expensive. And you know comparables, uh, Fred Myers has their own internal brand, but that's three dollars a pint and etc. But this brand, They've got really cheap pints and you look at it and you go, well, it couldn't be the best quality, right? I mean, it couldn't be that, you know, I mean, for a buck 50 a pint, it can't be that decent, right? I was putting the order together and I was really excited about it. And I thought, well, I'll try one of these. And well, through prayer and meditation, right before I was putting in the grocery order, um, my good stepdad, he piped up and he said, you should order the strawberry ice cream. And I said, what? You know, I go, well, you know, it's not going to be the same. He goes, there's reasons you should do that. You should make sure to order the strawberry ice cream. Trust me, you'll be happy you did. <laughs> so my ghost stepdad is recommending that I order the buck 50 a pint strawberry ice cream. Says I'm going to be real happy if I order it. And I'm like, well, I got the coffee one. I, okay, I'll spring for it. So order comes in, order's fantastic, everything's there, fresh, on time, cold, perfect, perfect fresh grocery delivery. I'm real happy with them. And then I get the strawberry ice cream and I have a look at it and it's got, the ingredients are just like milk, strawberries, uh, cream. I mean, it's just like the, the top four or five ingredients, it's like really pure ice cream. So I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then I tried it and it was like really high quality ice cream. And I was like, <laughs> so my ghost stepdad's going, well, you know, I told you to order that strawberry ice cream and ghost stepdad was right. So thank you, ghost stepdad. You, you, you get some gold stars. Um, uh, but I think that was pretty funny because that was our, that was our thing was the straw, the strawberry ice cream. Cause I, I don't really particularly care for it. Yay or nay other than I had this good experience with my, my stepdad and my mom. And anytime they were in town, we come into town. I remember mom coming into town a couple of years after that and they discontinued that, but um, it was a really good memory. And it's the gift that keeps on giving because apparently he was nudging me and going, this is high quality. You need to order this. And he was right. It was higher quality than I've had some pretty low quality uh, store brand ice cream. And this was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so gr my gross stepdad was right. Wah. 
okay thank you thank you very much here at the house on valencia street here's an ancestor and that's what they can help me get my groceries sometimes and that happened this last week or two okay moving on next up next up this one's kind of hard okay let's see if we can round this one out because i'm gonna have some mixed feelings about this one okay well we're going to move into the next section which is the fallen ones the fallen ones yes uh, the section of the fallen ones is usually people that you really admire quite a bit and also you have to acknowledge that they have bad parts that um, you're now struggling to figure out what to do with the work. Michael Jackson would be a, a good example of that. We have an update in the Fallen Ones section. Uh, Kevin Spacey about four or five days ago, and today is July 30th, 2023. Kevin Spacey was exonerated in a UK court. There were four accusers about 20 years ago that said that Kevin Spacey had molested or assaulted or raped them, and he was exonerated with four of them. Um, I'll pause for a second. I'm not quite sure whether that tells me yay or nay about his guilt. There's at least four different people associated with accusing him of sexual assault that have mysteriously died quickly uh, or just coincidentally uh, one by suicide. There are a couple of like eerie deaths around uh, this topic that I'm I'm just going to back away slowly and go, whatever you think, whatever you say, I'm not going to say yay or nay. I just don't, you know you don't know my name you know i'm gonna just melt into the background here uh, yeah it's a little bit too um a little bit too uncanny but it looks like at this point uh he's been exonerated and found not guilty and in true kevin spacey style he began to weep and sob openly when he got the non-guilty verdict read publicly in the uk court so that's an update on the fallen ones there but this is the big one that I'm a little struggling on a bit here. So I started taking a deep dive into Prince, the musician from 1999. Everybody loves Prince. I know I do, um, or I did, um, until I started doing a little bit more digging. I think he's now into the Fallen Ones category because of a couple things that I'll share here. The first is... Uh, my first mixtape that I received from a boy who was attracted to me or wanted to date me was on this really expensive uh, gold metal uh, high end high fidelity tape, a cassette tape that was recorded. It was Prince and it was the album Prince, but it was also a bunch of other albums of Prince that I didn't know. And I have, I still have two or three cassette tapes from people that I was dating when I was in college or high school that recorded cassette tapes and they were, uh, you know, mixtapes of, um, I guess maybe telling me with music what they couldn't tell me with their voice uh, directly sometimes. Prince figured prominently, especially as a bisexual person, because with androgyny and mixing clothes and how women were wearing suits and he was wearing women's clothing. And it was very, there's a lot I really appreciated about being a bisexual person and seeing his symbol, the symbol he chose, which was both male and female. I appreciated that a lot. Um, so there's a hundred reasons to love Prince technically, although I want to just share a couple things and then we'll talk about why he's into the fallen ones so first let's just go ahead and 
you know, everyone's going to say, well, this is a different time. 1982 is when this came out, but let's just go ahead and read the lyrics for the song, Little Red Corvette. I'm just going to read a section of these right here. Quote, I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways that it wouldn't last. So you're the kind of person that believes in making out once, love them and leave them fast. I guess I must be dumb because you had a pocket full of horses, Trojans, and some of them used. But it was Saturday night. I guess that makes it all right. And you say, what have I got to lose? And honey, I say, little red Corvette, baby, you're much too fast. A little red Corvette, you need to find a love that's going to last. Quote. So there's one set of lyrics. We all know that song, don't we? Okay, great. Let's go ahead and close that one. And you'll understand why I'm reading these lyrics in just a moment here. Here's another song by Prince. Uh, Darling Nikki, quote, I knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine. She said, how'd you like to waste some time? And I could not resist when I saw little Nikki grind. Quote, I mean, you know, she took me to her castle. I couldn't believe my eyes. She said, sign your name on the dotted line. Lights went out and Nikki started to grind. Quote, everybody knows this song, right? Although these are two examples of his most famous music. Gender bias for sure, right? He is an outright sexual being in both of these. Although women are castigated for also being sexual. And he makes, he likes to talk about women sex workers a lot and shame them and judge them. Talk about, you don't need to do this. Let me tell you what you need to do. And it's like, I, I, I've kind of been paused and realizing a lot of his fame was based on him being dominating over women and him controlling or telling women what they need to do with his lyrics and doing a lot of judging and shaming with women. And, and that kind of comes into play. Well, a couple of things. I've, I, I've just been taking a deep, deep dive into him. The first thing is Wendy and Lisa. Wendy and Lisa had their own solo work independent of uh, Prince. They ended up having an album called Waterfall that was a, somewhat had got some chart play although their song they had a song called uh anything but you um or everything but you is everything or anything but you that was on the siesta soundtrack and i've mentioned the movie siesta recently because julian sounds was in it and julian sounds has now passed away and he was reading a, he was playing an angel in that movie right so um wendy and lisa had a song called everything or anything but you and it's got a really catchy syncopated beat i recently was listening to a couple of their interviews wendy and lisa talking about they couldn't really quite say anything and the people interviewing them were saying could you talk more about prince and they said well we'd like to but his lawyers have asked us not to and then it came out that Prince had sent them letters from his lawyer saying, stop talking about Prince. So Prince decided to have his lawyers write letters to Wendy and Lisa to say, don't talk about Prince publicly. So there's that information. Okay, just pause for a second. Prince did that. Okay, Prince did that. That's who Prince is. In addition to, you know, Darling Nikki, in addition to some of the lyrics I've read you, where there's a lot of slut shaming, I'm going to have sex with you, I'm going to judge you and shame you, that type of thing. Okay. And this is me kind of trying to process this because a lot of his work 
it's woven into my sexuality and I've really loved his work. Although I can't really listen to his work now because there's, here's a couple of reasons why that kind of, his first wife was Maytee, M-A-Y-T-E Garcia. They met when she was 16 years old at one of his rock concerts and she was there with his parent, her parents. She was a dancer. She was a belly dancer. So that's one reason why I'm like, Hey, Miss Garcia. Hello belly dancer just like me although she was quite gifted very gymnastic she was a virgin okay uh, prince told her repeatedly that her being a virgin was very enticing to him and he loved that about her okay number so i'm gonna pause gross gross just gross so there's that um but next up mate garcia has published a book called the most beautiful the most beautiful and she wrote it a couple of years after Prince passed away, describing what her marriage was like with Prince. Um, so in that book, she describes, and please go buy her book, uh, and I'll try to put a link in, into the notes for the podcast. She describes that he groomed her. Uh, it was very important to him that she was a virgin. Uh, he gave her $300 a week for uh, being a dancer on his tour. Uh, she could not have certain bits of food. Uh, she describes going to uh, the people who were cleaning out rooms in the motel and eating old food from other people's dishes because uh, Prince was so controlling with her food. I'm going to pause. Gross. Okay. So um, uh, they end up getting together. She has a couple of miscarriages. Also, notably, his second wife also had miscarriages. Maybe there's some issues with Prince's genetic line because repeatedly two of his wives had miscarriages with his his uh, genetic line. So we don't quite know what the deal is with that. They lose their first son. Prince has a big interview with Oprah Winfrey where he tells his wife to pretend the son is alive even though the son is dead. They give a big public interview while the child is dead, but Prince says we're going to pretend that he's alive. I'm going to pause. Gross. She just went through a miscarriage. She's in she's in trauma. You know, take care of Ms. Garcia. Right, okay. He becomes a Jehovah's Witness after the death of his first child, and so then she has another miscarriage, and he doesn't want her going to the hospital because he wants to pray it away because according to his faith, uh, she shouldn't go to the hospital. She has to go to the hospital. The doctor says, uh, you're going to die if you can get this medical procedure to cauterize some stuff because you're bleeding profusely and you've been bleeding for a week now and after a miscarriage and he won't support it. He tells his chauffeur to take her to the hospital. Uh, afterwards, uh, she has a miscarriage and he just says, well, I got to go to the studio and turns around and walks off. That's how loving and kind he is to his wife. And then he ends his marriage with her. She said that uh, she left that marriage with nothing, nothing, just the experience, you know, maybe some clothing, but that was, there was nothing else. And that uh, he just pretty much cut her off and that she was quite heartbroken and that she ended up going to her mother's after the miscarriages because he was so cold to her. But I'm just going to pause for a second. He became a religious person and told a woman who just gone through a miscarriage that she was at fault because she'd had a miscarriage and that he would not condone her getting a medical procedure so she wouldn't die after a miscarriage. 
and uh, that if she was strong enough in faith that he was blaming her for her miscarriage, which is kind of like blaming Nikki in the song Nikki or blaming, you know, whoever in his music. And you're going, he has some issues with women. And I guess I'll round this out to his second wife. So check out um, Ms. Garcia's book, The Most Beautiful. Prince acknowledges that he wrote the song, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, about his wife, Ms. Garcia. Um, second wife, Manuela Testolini. Manuela Testolini. She has a miscarriage also. But when that relationship ended, he locked her out of her house and she had nothing. And then they went back and forth and she said she wanted 40000 a month in uh, some kind of spousal support. And they went back and forth. But when he ends up relationships with women repeatedly, he just locks the doors. And in this case with this, the second wife, she said that he kept her photos, her family photos, like um, hostage. And he kept them locked away. Prince is a guy who sends lawyer letters to the Wendy and Lisa to get them to shut up. But then he's also a guy who's planting murals of Wendy and Lisa on his home walls at Paisley Park, which is a museum, which I'm going to pause. You're going to make your house and your big suburban, you know, your big sprawling area a museum. And you're not going to tell me you're a narcissist. I don't know, baby. We got to think about that one. I consider the fallen ones... I consider Prince to be a fallen one this week because I've just, after taking a deep dive, oh, and I'll even round out with this one, Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan is interviewed on Vlad TV uh, about 2017, 2018. It's on YouTube. Again, the source is Vlad TV. Chaka Khan says when getting interviewed by this really, uh, very the char- there's a lot of character on the person interviewing her in this Vlad interview tv says hey what was going on between you and prince she goes well we never were lovers we definitely were never lovers and then she says chaka khan says i read in an article that prince gave a woman herpes and so i was really glad that i never slept with them and i was like whoa because you know you know i feel for you i think i love you i mean that's come on that's that's chaka khan or prince isn't it so apparently they were never lovers, but she heard that he got around. There's also the Daily Mail, which I don't consider a reputable piece of journalism, but they're saying that he was diagnosed with AIDS and that he never got treatment because according to his religion, he felt that he could pray himself into healing and that it may have contributed to some of the pain he was going through in those last few months when he was making some poor decisions, potentially trying to do some pain management. So, although I guess I'll just say in conclusion, I haven't been able to listen to, I have not been able to listen to Prince's music since I've been processing some things I've heard, especially listening to interviews of Ms. Garcia about the fact that he groomed her. Uh, that it was really important that she was a virgin, that they waited like three or four years, that he would uh, exemplify her in his videos. He would write about her. The most beautiful girl in the world is written about her, dedicated to her. And yet he was so controlling and she couldn't eat. And, you know, when you watch the interviews, she looks like she's uh, underfed. You know, and she's talking about being trained for hours a day because she's a professional dancer. He uh, had a rule with his wife, his first wife, Ms. Garcia. She could not call him on the phone, but he could call her. He could call her, but she could not call him. 
And that was the rule of the relationship. And if that's the relationship you want to have, try to see if you can find someone to do that with. But I tell you what, I don't, I don't think that's cool. Here's the fallen ones. Prince, I'm feeling kind of sad. I got to let you go. There you go. So be it. Um, although the next time you're listening to Prince, just think about how he sees women. And think about the fact that he, every time he ended a relationship, it looks like, I mean, Wendy and Lisa, I just, lawyers to Wendy and Lisa, the mother of your kid, you're going to kick cold cock her and say, I got to go to the studio. And then you're not going to talk to her ever again. And then the, the, the next wife, you're just going to lock all the doors and say, I'm keeping your personal belongings. Get out. I can't listen to his music right now. That might change. Thank you for coming to the house on Valencia Street, where we take a look at what forms us and sometimes the people that are really charming when you take a closer look at it you got to ask yourself is that something you might need to let go of kind of like michael jackson you know what i mean or kevin spacey whose work i admire so much but now it's hard to watch you know what i mean thank you for coming to the house on valencia street where we talk about all kinds of things and sometimes maybe your dead stepdad can give you a, a really good recommendation on a particular great flavor of ice cream. Yeah. So understand you're not alone and you're never going to be alone here at the house on Valencia street. Although, um, you're not going to be alone. And sometimes it's whether you like it or not. Yeah. Mm.